Welcome to the Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus McDonald. Enjoy the show. All right, Nick. So welcome to the show, Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. I know you and I have been going back and forth on (laughs) finding times, especially during the holidays when we have family and friends and everything. So I'm glad we finally got a time to meet and we're definitely persevering. And one of the things, so we like to do things a little bit different. I'm not just going to go straight for the juggler. What do you think about marketing and sales? You know, <laughs> like boom, 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 boom. All right. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Bye. So I want to know just to give our audience more context, um, who you are and what inspired you to choose a career in marketing? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So, you know, I actually went to school for sports management. I've always been big into baseball. I still play today uh, at 35 competitively. And so when I went to, when I played in high school, played in college. And so when I went to college, I told my parents, I'm going to go to school for sport management. And they'd be like, why? And I was just like, I don't know. I love sports. I don't like school. I think it was like a match made in heaven. And um, they were like, you're going to drop out. And I was like, oh, thanks for the support. Really appreciate it. (laughs) But it's, you know, I I went for sport management. And so basically my idea was I'm going to go, I'm going to come out, I'm going to be a big shot athletic director or a sports agent, which was not the case. Um, And I actually went into sales right after, right after school. So I was the girl I was dating at the time who's now my wife. Um, her sister was dating someone at this company and I was like, Hey, can you get me a job? It was like an industrial tooling supply company. Mm. And so I knew nothing about industrial tools, but he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you a job. And so I was doing inside sales for them. And, um, I was like, oh man, like I was really good at it, but it was so boring. Mm. And like, I was really sitting there seven to seven to five every day. Um, just basically like calling and like answering phones. And it was, I was like, oh, this isn't for me. Um, and then I moved into like the, uh, cell phone world. And so I worked from, I worked for AT&T and I worked for Motorola. And so basically I was kind of going up against the iPhone every year of like, Hey, you know, the East coast was my kind of territory. I would work with indirect dealers to basically push Motorola sales over other things. And so that was cool. That was like my first, like it was partly sales, partly like channel marketing. And so that was like my first kind of side of like the marketing side of it. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up switching to another channel marketing role. And, um, that was cool. I was doing it for a little bit. And then I realized field marketing and channel marketing were very much the same. The only difference is field marketing. You have a direct sales team, channel marketing, you're working through the channel or tech partners or whatever. And, um, I ended up getting into field marketing for a company. And so that was like my first time in kind of like a startup environment. And I was loving, it. I was like, Ooh, this is great. This is so much fun. And um, I've been doing it now for over nine years at various tech companies in the field marketing world, mostly Silicon Valley or like West Coast based companies. Um, However, Alice is now or was a Boston based company. We closed our office, but um, it's, you know, it's something where I feel like you get the best of both worlds. You're not held to a quarter at the end of the day but you're the closest piece to sales that there is. And for me, it's, it's kind of refreshing because it's, you walk a fine line between sales and marketing yeah. and um, you know, who knows, maybe a couple of years down the road, maybe I'll switch back to sales. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting because one of the, one of the things that I've really noticed is a lot of the great marketers have a sales background. 
Yep. They made the transition from sales to marketing. Uh, so it's interesting. What's a commonly held belief in B2B marketing that you passionately disagree with? <laughs> uh, oh man, this is, how much time do you have? Um, so I think that there's, so there's two kind of, at least two that I'll talk about. So one is field marketing is only events. Like that was so many people's methods methodology and ideology of like field marketing. You're just an event. You're an event planner. That's all you do, especially mm. in like the enterprise space. And so it's the furthest thing from that. And that's why I've been championing like field marketing 2.0 being sec, uh, seen as like a, a full stack kind of marketer, because you have to understand everything, but you're still the closest to the sales team. Um, so I think that's kind of the first thing that field marketing is more than just events. The second piece is that, you know, marketers and specifically field marketers that say, well, I only believe in the MQL and I'm just going to get as many MQLs for the sales team as possible, but that they don't, that's the only indicator or the key indicator or key leading indicator that they're using. Like there's, that's not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't look at it. I'm not saying that it's like, should be your go-to though. Mm, that's good. Another question that I have for you is how should sales and marketing work together? I know you and I have been going back and forth in the DMs about this topic and it is a hot topic. I mean, I think it's always a hot topic, <laughs> you know, sales and marketing, they always hate on each other, but it's like, how do we get them to be aligned? So I think you need to put them under one true revenue team. Um, you know, starting with the CRO, marketing, sales, CS, they should all roll up under like one revenue team. And everyone should be responsible for somewhat of the same numbers at the end of the day. It's not siloed. Marketing's responsible for this. Yeah, there's going to be sub kind of like KPIs and metrics that are responsible for, but like everyone should have like a North Star. And then if everyone's marching towards that same goal at the end of the day, you're working a lot closer together. But also I think it needs to be something where, you know, marketers just aren't order takers at the end of the day. You, you need to be not afraid to say no to the sales team and like add your like reasoning on why when they ask you to do something that there's a better way to do it. And then just kind of look at like be looked at as like a value add to their team. Like for me, it's easy because because we sell to people exactly like me. So like I'm joining seven to 10 sales calls a week where I'm constantly talking to prospects and now customers as well of like, Hey, here's how, how, here's how I use the product. And so being able to have add value that way, and then add value through inbound referrals that have come to me from posting on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. like it's, it's been refreshing, uh, to say the least. That's awesome. How do you work with the sales uh, rep, whether it's BDR, yeah. SDR, maybe it's even a regional, you know, sales manager. I mean, I guess it depends on the company and everything and the way they structure it, but how do you work with them to talk directly to the customer? Because that's where the deep insights are. Yeah, absolutely. So for, for me, like it's, I know the exact pains that, you know, our ICP is looking to solve for because they're the pains mm -hmm. that I've looked to solve for for the last nine years. However, like I do use like gong, like I listen to a lot of gong calls every single day. I try to block off like at least an hour a day to like mm -hmm. listen to gong calls from the previous day. Um, and so that's been really good. And then, like I said, the live calls have been incredible. Um, win loss analysis have, have also been really impactful of like being able to say like, Hey, 
you know, I know you didn't sign with us, which I get it. You have to do what's good for you, but like, why? Like in more than just like a rep putting in Salesforce, right? wrong timing or budget or something like that. Like let's dig deeper and see what was the real reason. And who knows, maybe we can add features to our roadmap or something so that when renewal comes up in a year from now, we can get back into that conversation. And I think those have been incredibly important on both the prospect side, but also even on like the customer side of like, Hey, here's what I'm using it for. Here's why, what additional use cases that I want to do. Here's how can you help me? Mm. And are you talking directly to the prospects or is it more just through the gone cause? So I'm talking to a lot of the prospects. I talk, I probably talk to, I would say like five to 10 a week. Um, but there are also people that run in the same circles that I do. So it's a little bit easier for me versus if I was in like cybersecurity or something. Got you. And are they coming just from the website or is it more a different avenue? Uh, you know, we do get a lot of inbound, uh, every single month. We probably get about like 150 inbounds per month or so sometimes more. Um, but it's, we do do a lot of outbounding. And so the way that we had to have it set up right now is marketing drive 60, 60% of the pipeline, uh, sales and the BDR team drive 40%. And that's kind of worked really well for us, uh, between a mixture of inbound and outbound. And then it's just, a lot of what I, I talk to and connect to these people is through like communities as well. And just from LinkedIn, like they'll reach out and be like, Hey, I see your content. Like we're looking to like explore gifting platforms or something like that. Can you just give me a little bit more of like how a marketer uses it? Mm. And what are some really good ways to work with the salespeople that you found like, wow, this is really enjoyable. And this has been very helpful as a marketer. I think, I think kind of setting the expectations of like what you want to do first, it's all about building the relationship. And so like, I like to befriend like a lot of the sales team. Like I talk to them on a regular basis. We shoot the, shoot the breeze, just talking about different things. And so I think that's one of the important things, but then it's also, what are some, some quick wins that you can do to add value to them? Is it a referral? Mm -hmm. Is it hopping on a call? Is it pointing out a specific thing that might help that prospect that they didn't think about? Because right. then they're like, wow, oh, like, you know, Nick went out of his way to help me with that. That's really nice. And so when I go, to ask them for something in return, they're usually more willing to do it. And then that's how the collaboration happens. Like it's, everyone says there's no silos in their business, but that's like such BS because even the best companies have silos in their business. Even if it's not big silos, there's still right. silos somewhere in like an organization. And for me, like that's always been something that's been important. How do I break down those silos if there is any and build trust and credibility amongst the sales team? I love that because really what it comes down to is relationship building. So you're building the relationship with them. It's more relational than transactional. Yep. Exactly. So, and it, I was going to say at the end of the day, we're all, we're all in it for the same thing. We all want, you know, right. revenue at the end of the day. So like whatever we can do to work together, like that should be the goal. 100%. Now you're currently the director of field community and partner marketing at Alice, what's your primary responsibility? Yeah, so from a field marketing perspective, it's acceleration. So once we open pipeline, it's now up to me to figure out ways uh, through different tactics and channels to accelerate that. So we want the close to uh, the close one time to be quicker. We want to really be seen as like something that I'm doing is offering myself up as, as a 
is a consultant somewhat to other marketers saying, hey, let's hop on a call for 30 minutes and brainstorm ways that gifting can be a part of your pipeline strategy. Because at the end of the day, people think it could be a silver bullet, but that's not the case. And so I want to showcase why it can play a larger part versus just booking net new meetings, because a lot of people think that's the way to go about it. But there's actually 17 different touch points across the entire buyer's journey that you can use gifting. And so showcasing that to a lot of prospects has been really nice. That's one piece of it. The other piece is community. So we sponsor a couple communities. Uh, we're looking to probably build our own uh, at some point this year as well. And nice. so we're going to be focused on really brand awareness. Like we want to make something where it's not pushy, not salesy, but the communities that we sponsor, we want to really feel passionate about the founders that are kind of a part of that um, and feel like it makes an impact to, to the business. And then the last piece is partner marketing. So for us, it's more, we don't sell through the channel or anything, um, but we have integration and tech partners that we work with in like Vidyard and sales law companies like that. And so just doing co-marketing with them to really build the brand awareness, do different types of campaigns and activities, but that's more of, I don't want to say it's ad hoc, but it's um, the field marketing community piece kind of like, I guess, outweigh that other piece a little bit more. Mm, that makes sense. Now with Alice, um, what's the nature of the business? Yeah. So we are a B2B smart gifting platform. So, and I've used gifting for years now, but I think the big differentiator is we focus on the personal aspect of it. So everyone knows what we do in our nine to five, but what's your focus in your five to nine? Like, what are you passionate about? Are you a parent? Do you love sports? Like we focus on that aspect and bring kind of like our whole self into the platform. So if we know, for example, I'm a huge Red Sox fan. So if you knew I wanted, like, I love going to Fenway Park and you sent me something from our marketplace that was a Fenway Park kind of like replica, like that would connect to me. And then you had a video kind of outreach message on top of it. Like, even if nice. I don't have a need for your product, like I'm going to take the meeting because you went out of your way and it wasn't just another copy and paste job. And so I think that we focus on like who the person is versus just another persona. I love that. It's that personal touch, but it's more authentic and it's really encouraging at the same time. <laughs> All those things are running through my mind. <laughs> yeah. Now, Nick, do you have any tips for B2B marketing professionals? I think just never stop learning, um, regardless of what your level is. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, I'm always, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't read a ton of books. Um, I, I have a bunch of books behind me, but like I've read a few of them, but like for me, I prefer to learn through connecting with others. LinkedIn for me is probably my biggest learning grounds of like where I learn from people, which then translate to like one-to-ones and like we jump on a call and like we learn more about each other and people open my eyes to things that maybe I didn't think of. And then the community aspect is another piece where I think that like I've learned a ton. So I think just, you know, never stop learning or never be afraid to try to kind of go about things a different way and know that, you know, just because you think it could be done one way, that it doesn't mean that there's other ways that it can, can't be done. Solid tips, Nick. Um, what's your favorite last question? What's your favorite thing to do as a B2B marketer? Because we have so many activities, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I would probably say experiment, um, experiment and be, be creative outside the box. And, and for me, it's a little bit easier because working for startups for the last nine years, you have that flexibility to be able to like not do the same boring thing that every other B2B company is doing. And when you get into these big mega companies like the IBMs and Dells and things like that, like it's pretty much like this is what you do or there's so much red tape to go around doing something that you don't actually have the ability to be creative anymore. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing that that I love. It's like, what are things that I could do that just kind of take us to a whole new level? Um, and even if it fails, it fails, but at least you tried, you know, I love that. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the mastering B2B marketing podcast. It's so awesome to hear from CMOs, VP of marketing to marketing managers and administrators, just listening to this podcast and getting a ton of value from it. If you've been listening to this podcast and gaining value from it, I would really appreciate it. If you could leave a rating in the podcast section, it would mean a lot to me. Thank you in advance. And I'm looking forward to reading your review. 